0: Warning, warning, warning. It's hot in Stockholm, and you're here for a hot time with the podcast called Chasing, Chasing the, Dragon. the
1: Dragon. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 11th summoning of the Chasing the Dragon Gaming podcast. I am your host, Andres.
0: And I'm Ryan.
1: Sorry, everyone, for the lack of content on the actual feed lately. Ryan and I have had to take... Uh, little break here and there because, well, scheduling pretty much. Ryan got a job.
0: Yes, I got a job, but don't worry. After two weeks, it's gone, so I'll have a lot more time
1: again. Absolutely. And um, yeah, so this is the first time we've been able to really really sit down and actually do something together. We haven't really even met for a while. Today, we're going to bring you a fantastic, amazing summoning that we know that you've all been waiting for. We're going to discuss getting rules wrong in games. Has this ever happened to you? You're playing a game with some friends and you're enjoying yourselves and then all of a sudden it occurs to you guys, wait, are, this doesn't make sense. You look at the rule book and you guys realize, oh, we've been playing the rules wrong for a while now even. Uh, today we're going to discuss how getting rules wrong affects you, affects the game, affects your experience. Does it hinder? Is it a good thing? Do you just roll with it? How do you handle this?
0: Yes, so there are bunch of different ways to actually get rules wrong and we're talking about type of different situations that you can be in where you realize that you've played a rule wrong and at what stage of the game do you realize
1: that well and what might also go into this discussion is house ruling as house ruling comes about when you know you typically get a rule wrong or just when you don't like a rule or something else i think you know house ruling and getting rules wrong in a way kind of go together. I mean, house ruling is, you know, you made a rule of yourself to almost ignore another rule or make a new rule that you felt was needed.
0: So there's a distinction now between getting the rules wrong by mistake Mm -hmm. and getting them wrong on purpose, Mm -hmm. which means it leads to changing the rules for how you play the game. So let's first talk about getting the rules wrong by mistake. Mm -hmm. Now, there's recently, actually two nights ago, I was playing the game Yedo. We were pretty early on in the game and we were going to be doing something. Uh, there was me and my friend Victor who we had planned to do something in a certain way. I don't remember what it was, otherwise, I'd be more specific. But then, right when we were going to do that action in the way that we had planned on doing it, we looked up the rules to clarify them because it was um, all of us were. were pretty new to the game, we looked it up and it turned out that the way that Victor and I had been planning on doing this action was the wrong way in the rules, and we talked about it, and the owner of the game said, well, it's okay, you can you can do it that way this time, because you had planned on it, but both Victor and I said, well, you know, that's, that's okay, um, we're going to do it the same way as the rules say to do it, because the, the reason being that no one had actually done that yet. And it was better, we thought it was better to, if we could, uh, kind of stick to the rules because that's the game. And so that's what we decided on doing was we, we we stuck to the rules and we each did the action the way that the rules said instead of what we had thought we could
1: do. And how did that affect the game? Did you, since you had already been, since you were planning for, to do something wrong in the first place and you're kind of building up to something, but then you realize that you couldn't do that. Uh, how did you mitigate that? Were you able to then just plan ahead, to change strategies? What did you have to do?
0: Well, it was it was a pretty simple action because this is a more of a a, a very thematic your but Euro style game where it's worker placement, so it really didn't have a big effect on long term in the game itself. So it was okay. We just did that, and it was maybe slightly not as good as it could have been the way we were planning. But um, it didn't affect any over, over long-term strategy. Uh,
1: one, one example I want to bring up and more, um, I think something we should bring up for any of our listeners is our Risk Legacy episode. Now, for people who actually followed and listened to the Risk Legacy episode or people who wanted to avoid it due to spoilers, we won't discuss any spoilers here, so don't worry. But um, people that did listen to it might have noticed that we actually played quite a few things wrong for several games. And it's, it's kind of embarrassing really on our part. Well, I don't
0: know if it's embarrassing. I think actually because of the type of game that Risk Legacy is, the legacy type of game, which if you don't know what a legacy type of game is, it's um, it's basically a campaign version of a board game where uh, you every game that you play kind of changes the way the game is played. So actually you change the rules. Every, every, everything kind of changes in the game. Like you actually put stickers on the board and so since this is Risk, you can imagine like you you put a s- sticker on the, on the board and that permanently changes, let's say, a territory or something in, in a certain way. And um, R- Risk Legacy has played over 15 games. And I would say that our kind of rules misunderstandings were affected at least uh, probably over 10 of those 15 games. Mm. And so it was ha- did have a significant uh, kind of effect on the game for sure and personally um i i think looking back on it um i think i maybe lost one or two of the games because, because of that then again maybe uh, maybe maybe not who knows what would have happened mm-hmm. so so i did have a, a, I think a very significant effect on the game mm-hmm. and, and and when i look back on it i i think that the 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 rules that we got wrong um the game would have the game experience would have been much improved if we had followed the rules in the right way. But one thing I would say is that because this is, is kind of like a unique, uh, a new style of playing games, it's difficult to get all of these rules right. And I think that the the way that the rules changes are incorporated in the playing of the game doesn't work very well because you put like a new sticker, if it changes the rules, back in the rule book. And, it, and it's like, I think it would be better if you had like a page that you always take out and say, on this page are all the rules changes. Now, most of the rules changes did go on like two or three pages in the rule book, but it were in the rule book. I think there should be like a chart or something where it says, like, here are the rules changes. And then you can always refer to that when you're playing so you know, because you know the basic rules when you start. So I think that that was, I don't think it was necessarily our our fault 100 percent i think it also had to do with how that the game designers the uh, rob davio incorporated these rules changes in the mechanics of how you play the game i don't i think they could have been incorporated better
1: but go in in our risk example um we played i want to say 10 games with the with the incorrect rules for the cities now uh without giving away spoilers for people who haven't played Risk Legacy um some text on on a cert, on a card gave us uh, a puzzling kind of question we were wondering what does this ability mean and what is this what does this mean and we were we were unsure because of the because of the way we were playing and then at some point after between I think games 10 or 11 then finally we we rechecked the rule book to see what what's going on here and we realized, oh, shit, you're supposed to remove population when you go into the cities. And we didn't. So that was really, really, you know, that, that was like a, a, almost a soul-crushing moment. We were thinking, what do we do here? Well, in our example, since we had already planned and we already played for so long, I think, I think that was even like the third game of the day, if not second, for sure. And we just decided, like, well, let's finish this game with the incorrect rule. And then next game, we'll start fresh and we do the rules as proper with the exception of the fact that we still forgot another rule, uh, which I won't say because that one is more spoiler territory. Uh, we There was one rule that was introduced early on, and we didn't even know about it until, well, Ryan had started editing part of the episode uh, between some of the sessions, and then he heard the rule and was even reminded us going, hey, this rule exists, mm-hmm. and then we still forgot about it. So for 15 games, actually maybe what, no, 12, well, that rule might have been introduced during the first three games, I think, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so for at least 12 games, we played without one rule that w- had existed the entire game. And never, never played with it ever. And, and I, I'm not confident that I even understand it now. The, that, that one rule? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I don't get it either. And now I want to move, move the discussion of getting rules wrong to a different territory. Um, I'm going to call this a ripple effect. When someone teaches a game to someone, and they teach it in a wrong way... Uh, and that person then perhaps teaches that game to another player, and they're using the incorrect rule. It, it's it's almost like this, like I said, like a ripple effect. This constant just just this rule that got wrong was was just flowing back and forth. And I have two examples here. One is Clue. When I was young, I played Clue with my sister, and we played a two player version of Clue. Which you know now we know that now now reading rules is that I know that you can't actually do Clue as two, but we did Clue with two, and we did the rules completely wrong, actually. Uh, I, I, being very young, I never bothered to read the rule book. In fact, I think I first played Clue without knowing how to read, even. And so my sister taught me the game wrong, and the way I, we always played, or the way I knew how you play, is uh, I just uh, go into the room where my sister was, and then I force her to tell me if something... If, if I force her to tell, tell me, well, was it one of these items in the room or something? Or was it one of these things? And we didn't know that you can move the items back and forth between room to room. And I was kind of like, it was like a cat and mouse game with me and my sister, actually. So we, we played that completely wrong. And then I actually taught that to, let's say, my cousins, uh, other family members, and my girlfriend. And then it wasn't until this year, actually, where we've had a nice couples night with Ryan, Ryan's lovely wife, and my girlfriend and I came over and we play, had a nice dinner. And we played Clue. And then... They were all playing it in a very different way than I was used to, and I, and I didn't want to say anything, but I thought, oh, my God, I've been playing Clue wrong my entire life. My life is a lie. One of the simplest games ever made. Yes, I know, but the thing is, I never bothered to read the rules ever because I, I, I was taught it as a kid, and like, it is such a simple game that I never bothered to just like, read the rules, and it's so simple. But like, now you think about it, I'm 25 now. I played Clue maybe the first time when I was like 8, <laughs> and i and i've and i played clue many many times well not many many times i'm not saying that, i'm not saying this is like it's something i played every day but i i've at least played clue maybe two or three times a year since i was eight and i would i was teaching the game wrong and i was and how many people then have i taught the game wrong to that are now playing clue wrong i work I, I work in, in game retail every now and then we get to do, do some demos of games for work and then we'll you know. Customers will come up, and we could show them games and stuff like that. I'm now terrified of the idea of if I don't, if I get a rule wrong, and then that person buys that game. Like, of course, it's you know their responsibility to read the rule book themselves. But like what if they don't? And what if they just kind of go by like the way I'm teaching? I, I taught them, and I think, holy shit, I, it, it, it's it's kind of crazy to think about it. But you can really fuck things up like that.
0: With great power comes great responsibility. On oh, this,
1: beautiful, well put, well put, Ryan. And um and it, even a, even a recent example of this happened recently where Ryan, you you got to play alien frontiers, which i I've owned, but I hadn't been able to play, and then he played it, and then it was a very minor rule not, not, nothing nothing extreme but one minor rule of like when can you use a card or whatnot and um uh, he taught me the, the game, and then I, and I learned the rule wrong, and then I was playing with my girlfriend the next night or maybe it might have even been the same day, actually, like, just the, just in the night. And then I was teaching her wrong, So, it's, but it stopped there, damn it, because then she was just like, wait, you can't what? And then, wh- and then, damn it, I went through and read the rule book. So I guess what I'm saying here is I'm terrible at reading rules when someone teaches me a game.
0: So I, I think there's there's three different ways of kind of learning rules wrong by mistake. Mm-hmm. The first is um, starting, like I like the Yedo example that I gave, you, you start to play the game and you start thinking about it, and before... You think a rule is a certain way, and then before you, make, you take an action, you look at the rules to clarify it, and you realize, oh, no, that would have been wrong, so I'm going to play it the right way. Mm. So that's kind of learning that you're you're about to make a rules error, and then you correct it before. Mm. Um, the second is <clears throat> actually midway through. Mm. Um, if you, let's say... Like, like like what you described in one of the Risk Legacy games we played, mm. halfway through one of the games, mm-hmm. we realized, um, oh, this uh, when you march into a, a in in uh, city. unoccupied city, mm. you have to lose a number of troops equal to the population of that city, one, two, or three. So so then we decided, oh, since we've already been playing the game, ha- like halfway through, we've already been playing with these rules it would be unfair if we change the rules halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's a good um, rule to follow is, is that if you catch a rules error before anyone has taken that action, mm-hmm. then stick with the rules. Mm-hmm. If someone or more than one person has already been playing wrong, like uh, an error to the rules, I think you have to keep playing it that way for the rest of the game mm. to make it fair for everyone. Right? Yeah. Um and, and that is actually the most common thing, I think. Especially when you're first playing a game, is that this 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 actually is I think it's a pretty common problem is that halfway through a game you realize, wait, now this this rule is a little wrong. Wait, let's go and clarify let's let me look that up. And then you realize, oh no, we've been playing that wrong. Now you could say like, oh, well, then I'm going to play it right this time, and that gives you an advantage. Now, that's unfair to the people who've already done it before who have had a disadvantage, or vice versa, for instance. Mm. So I, I think you, you, you really should stick with, be consistent with the game that you're playing at mm. that time. Now, with, with Alien Frontiers, that's the third way, is that if you realize you've been making a rules mistake in previous games, mm. right? But then the next time you play it, then you fix that rule and you go back to the way it was mm. supposed to be, written in the rules.
1: Well, actually in my in in this in the little Alien Frontiers example, um I, I had followed by the wrong rule on my turn. And then on Alex's turn, she she didn't because we realized that oh you can use that and we we just went, Okay, yeah, sure you can because it didn't really affect much. It, 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 even even though that I played the wrong rule of when could I use a card, I w I probably I don't I don't remember the situation now. But I feel like I I felt like I didn't need the, even to do it, or I I didn't do it, and it didn't matter to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. If it's if it's just like a much more friendly kind of, I mean, games are always friendly, but
1: uh... it, not all games. I, the, the type of game, I guess, would almost then lead you to like, oh, how do we handle getting a rule wrong? You know, with with Risk Legacy, you know, because it's it's more strategic heavy and it's more like the, uh, you're really trying to plan things out, and there's there's large swings as to who's the leader and then who's the winner um you for by us getting that rule wrong realizing that midway through the game we're like we have to continue getting it wrong or else it's going to change it's going to change the shape of the game uh, imagine if in your yido example if you actually if you both went through the cor- incorrect action and then you realize you, co- you couldn't do it what would you have done you think you would you think you'd take it back or would you continue just doing in the wrong it's a more a more strategic deep game. Alien Frontiers is very light, very, you know, it's very casual. So, in our example, we didn't, I didn't mind playing the world wrong on my turn, and then Alex correcting it on hers, because mm-hmm. it didn't really affect anything. It's, it's a small, light game.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, like I said before, the two options we had were, should we be allowed for this one action to be able to do it wrong, and then for the rest of the game we do it right? Mm. Or do we play it right the whole game?
1: But that was because you discovered the rule being wrong before you did the action. What if you discovered only afterwards?
0: I think I think you're right. This this complicates the the, the issue, and I think it has to be on a kind of case by case basis, mm-hmm. because if it really is something that's very significant, mm-hmm. like in the Risk Legacy, I think that was much more significant. Like mm-hmm. if if you w- were able to march through these cities really easy, mm-hmm. right? And then it's the next player's turn and then they can't do that same thing. Mm-hmm. That's a really significant disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the Yido example, it wasn't so significant that I think neither Victor nor I would have said, oh, everyone else has to play it this way for the rest of the game. I think, I think in that case, we would have also said it would have been more similar to the Alien
1: Frontiers example, I think. Mm-hmm. And now we want to change a little focus but keep on the topic of rules here. We want to discuss instead of getting rules wrong by, like, an accident, you know, purposely changing rules, house ruling. House ruling exists, you know, amongst any players and among, um, among well, I don't know about every player, but amongst many players. And it typically exists for, you know, reasons of, you, you don't like this rule, or this one doesn't make sense, or maybe this game, this helps some balance here and there, or it's just funner, and that's, the, oh, that's the way we play it, is a term often heard.
0: Or, or, or you could just be, I, whoa, I love this game, but I want to try something different. Like, how could I, like, change the game around to, to like, let's create a new scenario somehow. Mm. You know, just, just to have fun with it. Almost be like a little
1: mini game designer yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, there's many, many house rules I think we've had in, in our gaming tenure, I'd say.
0: The classic example of house ruling, I believe, goes back to Monopoly. Mm. The free parking space.
1: I have no idea what this means. Please explain to me. Have you, have you played Monopoly? I played Monopoly when I was younger. Actually, I, I didn't like it then. And yeah. I think the last time I played Monopoly... I played Monopoly when I was younger, and I didn't like it then, and uh, I preferred Clue with my sister, essentially. And I think the last time I played Monopoly was well over 15 years ago.
0: Well, well, I don't really like Monopoly either, but I think that this is an example that the most number of people will relate to. Free parking is one of the corner spaces. Mm-hmm. So you have jail... You have free parking, and you have go go, and then there's a fourth corner. Something else. Okay. Something, something secret. <laughs> um, but the free parking space just means that if you land on free parking, nothing happens, right? You don't have to pay rent to someone else. You can't buy anything. You can't do anything. But the most common house rule i think in monopoly is that whenever anyone pays some sort of a tax or some sort of a fee or a fine or something that doesn't go to another player like for instance if you have to pay income tax mm-hmm. or you you pay a fee from like a, one of the chance cards or something that goes in the middle of the of the board and whenever and, and that accumulates and whenever anyone lands on free parking mm-hmm. they get to take the money that's in the middle of the board. Okay. So that's 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 the I think the the um, the archetypal example of of a house rule mm-hmm. from the one of the older ones.
1: Okay, I had no idea about that. I mean, I had heard of this I think before, maybe on like the ludology or something. I heard about like this, but I had no idea in what context it was. But yeah, many people have I'm sure implemented house rules. We've actually Ryan and I have discussed at length how we could possibly house rule. A game that we don't like and uh, to perhaps maybe shape it into a game that we might like. Dungeon Quest. Um, we t- we uh, ne- Neither of us are a fan of Dungeon Quest. Something we're missing, we don't get it, maybe, I don't know, I don't care, it doesn't matter, but we've we we've, we've extensively talked of how can we fix this system and how can we change it to our liking, essentially, or, or something we enjoy.
0: Actually, Dungeon Quest is a wonderful game. I love it, I just don't want it anymore, so it's available for trade for anyone <laughs> else. <laughs> Just let me know. Thank you.
1: Yes. Okay. Well played. Well played, sir. Well, something I want to discuss is, what about in RPGs? RPGs, rules are typical. Some, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment, a rule might be simply ignored or changed or our house ruled, essentially. I'll give you my example, my, my cred. I played a lot of, like, D&D 3.5 and 3, mainly, and some Pathfinder before I moved to Sweden with some friends. We had a long campaign throughout, like, our, our friendship, and you know there were situations where uh I, uh well, I wasn't dming but there were situations where I'm absolutely positive and I know for a fact now just having to you know know the rules better that my friend just would house rule and just roll with it because you know we're role playing we're doing we're in the heat of the moment we're doing this thing and like he doesn't have the time or the energy to go through and try to resolve a grapple or to go through and just look up different different stats and stuff like that 3 uh 3rd edition and pathfinder are very very rules heavy uh, I have a colleague who cr- I think correctly describes the D twenty system as um, like an intricate cogwork of of, mechan- of of like a of like a pocket watch, and uh, when you try to change one rule, it really affects something else in a certain way. But when you are just kind of role playing, like you know, like well, just just get on with it, you you kind of need to in that kind of moment because otherwise you might break the flow or you know might lose interest, might lose patience or attention of people or players, and uh, I'm, I'm you know we've done that a lot in our role playing years, from. Not just D&D, we played some Star Wars from the West End game system, and that I know, we have did a couple of things wrong, but I love the way we played it, because the way we played it made it so fast and smooth.
0: Especially in role-playing games, now I, I grew up playing basic D&D and, and D&D, advanced D&D, and then advanced D&D um, second edition. And I've never played anything beyond that in as far as D and D goes. I've played a bunch of other role playing. One of the things I realized now, coming back, uh, I played played recent I don't know like a couple of years ago, played um, a campaign and did a lot. Of, and half the time I did DMing, and, and the other half of my friend Indie was the DM. And I realized that that I, you know what I don't I don't really like D and D anymore because it is so much rules focused. And so much combat rules focus of like statistics and so forth, and and uh, I can't even imagine what I would think about the, from system three on. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I would just I mean okay maybe it's it's fun for an evening, but but I think that that after that I mean I wouldn't want to play a whole campaign because it's not a campaign. It's just I mean if I want to do that I'm just going to play a board game you know, mm-hmm. and and one of the things that I realized upon moving to Sweden. Is that my wife used to play Drakorok Demoner, which means dragons and demons, which was um, the I guess the uh, a Swedish variant of role-playing game, which was equated to D and D, but is not based off the D and D rules. It's you, you were saying it's a it's a
1: it's a basic role-playing system.
0: But what 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 I realized here is that the way that they played role-playing uh, games here in Sweden was it was much more focused on the role-playing. It was much more about Character development and and character interaction and dialogues and so forth and this is who I am
1: and, char- and character arcs even
0: and not just um, uh, now I have a eighteen zero zero strength you know it was it was like you know this is me I have you know the, my father did this and I'm angry and I'm getting revenge and so forth so so I realize that now I much more appreciate that system and and I want to start role playing again and I want to start role playing in, in, a, in a system where it, it is uh, a role playing based system and not a statistics based system mm-hmm. and so that means that you have to regarding rules, that means that most of the rules are going to be uh, fluid and, mm-hmm. and I think and in role playing games fluidity of rules, if the rules can be fluid and flexible, that's a sign of a really good system I think because they can be, they can, they can adapt to the situations within the scenario that the characters are in, mm. and that's what I'm interested in doing: It's creating a world, exploring a world, creating a character, and interacting with other people, and basically creating a story. <clears throat> because ultimately, that's what role playing is, and you can't do that if you're constantly, if all you're doing is constantly checking statistics. Mm. Again, I'm not putting that down. I love that when I was 14. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to turn 40 in October, so not as not as fun.
1: Maybe when I turn 50 I'll love I'll love statistics again. Plus you don't have the time and energy. I mean like when we we're in high school, like you have the energy to go through and read the rule book and read about this weapon, read about this spell, read about this feat and read about all these different things and really learn them and memorize them. But you know, I'm sure nowadays you don't have you have neither the, the patience, the energy or the time.
0: When I was DMing recently, um, I didn't go back and reread all the rules. I have I have the manuals here, but uh, <laughs> I would go through and I'd be like uh, making things up left and right all the time. And you know what? That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, roll a die to make it look like you're doing something. It's like, oh, you just got hit. And you know what? I killed a couple characters, petrified one. Man, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so but you you improvise, and I think your ability to improvise grows as as you mature perhaps
1: absolutely (laughs) what else do I say okay
0: well it's because you're so young yet that you haven't
1: realized that go fuck yourself Uh, so um, this concludes another amazing summoning from the chasing the dragon gaming podcast we hope you enjoyed and we hope it's not too long before our next summoning
0: yeah great so have a great summer day drive safely or take the train safely
1: drive safely